Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on cranberry.fm, episode number 286. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my stand-in co-host today is my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak. Hey, uh, good to have you back, buddy. Good afternoon. Yeah, poor old John got sucked away into another big meeting, so uh, I got tired of putting them off. We have to keep this show going, so yeah, we're yeah. doing it. He owes me a lot now. It's a few times I've had to cover for him. <laughs> yeah, you know, just make sure that, you know it's, it's at least one shot or one beer each. Uh, you should be good. Maybe or, not all in one sitting, but... Uh. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what he'll make you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, you know, with uh, without John here, it's it's always uh, yeah, it's a little more work to get everything set up, but it's good. I've, I've got a, I think we've got some good news to share here. So let's start with unsecure or HTTPS warnings. Uh, we've discussed in the past that uh, uh, it's going to be important... Uh, based on Google's suggestion, quote-unquote, air quotes there, because um, they always suggest things and then enforce them, uh, that you should be switching to uh, secure sites, HTTPS or SSL. Well, they've noted that if you didn't uh, and you had a form of some kind, they would start showing that it's unsecure uh, within the URL uh, or, uh, yeah, URL bar, address bar on your browser. Well, it has begun. Um, it doesn't work for every page. Uh, at this point, we've only detected that it's showing on pages with a password entry area. Um, for example, we looked at our WordPress login, and uh, since we don't have security or, or HTTPS on that yet, it says not secure. Um, it doesn't stand out exceptionally, uh, but it certainly is something to be aware of. Uh, it wouldn't take much for them just to add a little red color to that, and bang, it's going to stand out. And if someone's trying to enter a form or... Uh, anything like that, it will uh, start to deter, deter people. So keep in mind that this is an upgrade that you're going to need to make. And it was a good reminder for me that uh, I have to push it to the top of our pile too. Um, have you seen this at all yet, Scott, or is this the first you've seen? It's pretty new. I have not seen it in an actual browser yet. Um, yeah. I've seen, obviously, I've seen the warnings in Search Console, um, and that's all I've actually seen live. Yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, I imagine everyone's going to start seeing it more and more, especially now that you've heard about it from SEO 101. Um, but, uh, <laughs> well, you know, they've, they've got it now showing up in the browsers, and I think it's just a matter of time. You'll see it right in the search results, I'm sure. Um, you know, yeah. it, it seems like a natural next rollout. So getting it implemented, you know, people may not see it in the address bar, but if it shows up in Google results, people are going to see it there. So you definitely well, want to take care of it now before it's a big deal, I think. Yeah, for now, it's only in the Chrome browser, so it's not in Firefox, it's not in anything else. Um, and as far as we know, it's only going to be in the Chrome browser for the foreseeable future. But yeah, I mean, in the, I would say, next year, or depending how fast they can roll this out, because I think they're going to be pushing based on just how much adoption they're getting. If very few people are going to do it, well, they're not going to stick a red marker on it. Well, maybe they will, but... I um, guess, uh, you know, it's Google, but likely they won't until they see a little more adoption. When they get around the 20% range, they'll start pushing harder. Um, and 
then once you know 50% of websites are doing it, then they're going to be even uh, more fierce. And yeah, I could see that happening in search results, some kind of uh, a note that this page isn't secure. Uh, that way, that could influence all browsers. Uh, that's that's spooky. But we'll uh, cross that bridge when we see it. Uh, They'll hopefully. probably roll it out three weeks before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they they have a great track record of that. Um, okay, so next on the uh, this is lots of local news today. I guess that's been quite common lately. There's uh, seems to be that the majority of the notable updates to the Google algorithms are happening in search uh, in local search. Uh, I suppose that makes sense since uh, local and mobile are becoming such a focus for them. Uh, the first, this one is is not so much algorithmic as usability. For Google Maps, they're allowing users to, and I say this finally, um, add favorite places in lists. So, for example, when I go to Hawaii, and it's one of my favorite places to go, I keep note, I, I star all the places that I like to go. Um, if I want to share it with someone, it's not easy. It's never been that easy to do. Uh, now, however, I can share in a list. Favorite diving spots. Uh, favorite uh, breakfast joints. I can do whatever I want in Hawaii and, 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 uh, and then share it to friends and family. I don't know why this wasn't in version one. It's, it's exactly the kind of thing that would have boosted adoption enormously. And, and it can't be rocket science. I mean, uh, just don't get it. Anyway. <laughs> it. It does seem like a natural thing to have. It's not really outside of the box at all. Yeah, they're allowing you to star them and save them. Why wouldn't you want to sort them? Um, you know, coming from programmers who you would think are very uh, try to be very organized, and I don't know it. it things like this just make no sense. <laughs> I just don't get it. In any case, yay, it's done. Bitching over. I'm happy to see it. Uh, it's. Um, I'm. I'm looking forward to going back through, kind of, and uh, sorting all mine into, <laughs> into categories. You, you, only you would be looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I did when I had a little more time, but yeah, as you know, things are a little busy, so it's a, a bit tough to find that time. Uh, as you know, when you receive my emails at eleven from eleven thirty the night before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What? I, I swear you just have it set on a. Uh... Like a scheduled email send. Yeah, I'm actually really only working a few hours a day. And just you're probably in bed by eight, and then you just want me to think you're working till midnight. <laughs> um, okay, uh, next up here, um, and this I know this kind of has an SEO bearing, really only in the sense that I think it's important from a business point of view for small business. Uh, I, I debated whether or not to put this in, uh, in short, but Yelp users can now ask and answer questions about businesses, um, and it's all public. Now, this is something I think uh, could really take off, but I think it's, it's going to be one serious double-edged sword. And the reason why is that when someone asks a question of a particular location, that question gets posted live. Uh, posted publicly, and anyone can respond. So if you've got anyone who is unhappy or just decides to be a troll and just, and I, I say this, I'm a paranoid, I know if anyone who listens <laughs> knows I'm a bit of a skeptic, a uh, bit of a pessimist, I, I can just see this happening because I get those calls. I get the calls from people going, oh my God, this person's done this and I don't know what to do. How can I remove this? There's going to be people that are just going to try and cause trouble. And uh, answer these questions with a irate tone or using it as an axe to grind. Um, it, 
that aside, assuming it's a better, uh, the humankind won't disappoint me again. Um, <laughs> it it is uh, uh, it is a good thing, I think, uh, especially if these questions are easily accessible and and just make it simpler for someone to choose a location over one uh, over another. I mean, questions like uh, "Is this place kid friendly?" are those are great. Those are kind of things that um, should really be in amenities or or, or characteristics of a particular particular location. But the fact that people can ask them is a great thing too. Uh, do you think you'd use it, Scott? You know, I probably would. And you know, it's funny when I first saw this, I thought, yeah, it's pretty terrible that anybody can answer the questions. But if they didn't have it open like that, you'd end up with a hundred stale questions because most businesses probably wouldn't take the time to answer them. Um, but that said, now that anyone can answer, their businesses really need to be on top of keeping up with these and making sure that um, people that are answering are correct, first of all, and make sure that you know the trolls haven't come out and destroyed them. And, and I don't know that there would be any sort of review process for the businesses to come in and contest bad answers by the public, but I feel like they need to have something like that in there because you just never know what people are going to put in. Yeah, well, Yelp doesn't exactly have a good track record of that either. No, not at all. Uh, anyone posts a negative review, good luck getting anything done with it. Um, they're, they're just awful. Uh, now, um, Mike Blumenthal was mentioning in, in one of his local updates lately, uh, that's Professor Maps to who that doesn't know him, uh, Mr. Local. He was saying that he felt that Yelp was uh, sort of declining in popularity. I can only hope, uh, just because I, I haven't appreciated how they've treated small business owners and such. But, uh, you know, that said, you know, it, to me, it seems like it would be good if it was only for the owners. And if the owners didn't reply, that would be a, a good indicator of their lack of interest in keeping these up and they wouldn't get as much attention. It's kind of like... Um, if a person leaves a review on a business uh, uh, within Google Business, if you don't reply saying, hey, thank you, I really appreciate the time, or if they leave a negative review, you don't respond with a, a proper uh, response, uh, that shows a, a certain level of neglect that perhaps it will lessen the chance that you get that business. I think that's, I mean, it, it has, its, again, a cutting, cutting edge sword, but at least it's your own fault. You know, it's something yeah. you can keep on top of. Um, but I do like crowdsourcing too. I, I do like that. Yeah. It's it's not an easy call, um, and I think it could be more trouble than it's worth. But uh, let's let's hope not. Let's hope not. Um, okay, uh, let's uh, take a quick break uh, because when we get back, we've got a bit of a, a lengthy discussion about uh, some uh, patent information on local business. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. So you can reach us before and after every program. Located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Access the new Cranberry Radio live stream player at our website, cranberry.fm. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. 
It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted today by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack. So this next bit is, is interesting. It's good old uh, Bill Slosky from SEObythec.com. Um, he's always doing phenomenal reviews of uh, patents that uh, he, he discovers Google has submitted and other, other sites as, or other businesses as well, but uh, Google being his focus. Um, and these uh, particular patents are based on local. The first one is... And actually, I, could, I, I read about this via Mike Blumenthal, but I couldn't find the original. It must have been uh, another one of his articles. Anyways, it makes perfect sense. I'm just going to note it anyway. And that is to uh, it, the patents based on, a, on checking to ensure you actually visited the location you were viewing. Um, and in case you're wondering whether Google can really do this, it certainly can. If you've got any kind of uh, uh, tracking mechanism or, or any kind of Google um, app on your phone, um, it's going to be able to tell where you've been. Um, I, for example, if I sit down and, and decide to uh, review a business or something, I'll often get, okay, would you also review these businesses that you've been to? Like, it's a bit of a shock. <laughs> you look at it, you're like, oh, oh yeah, I was there that last week. And oh my God, I was there too. It, it's a little revealing, um, but it is also uh, pretty handy. Uh, now, Scott, I know you're one of the few people I know who doesn't carry a phone around. Uh, I'm one but, of the final 12, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, Lindsay does. Does she have that kind of function on her phone? She certainly does, but she doesn't really do any of it. Like She doesn't really, she definitely checks reviews and, and things, especially with Yelp and, uh, was it Urban Spoon and things like that. But um, she's not really heavily involved in any of these review processes or anything like that. There but, you go, everyone. Peek into the yeah. mind of the people that don't use phones. I know. <laughs> she usually <laughs> just uses it for texting people and, I don't know, whatever else she does with her phone. Maybe you know, calling people. I don't know. Do people still do that? <laughs> no, not really. I get in trouble <laughs> when I call people. They're like, why are you trying to call me? Why don't you just text me? <laughs> oh, God, I hate texting. Yeah, and then um, every now and then I'll text you and I, I get a response six weeks later. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I do respond. I'm like, what the hell? Why not? Let's shock yeah. them. Um uh, anyway, I, you know, at some point you're going to have to get a phone because you're going to have to understand the mobile first stuff. Well, I certainly, uh, yeah, I certainly understand stuff. <laughs> no, I realize that. No, I mean, like, really get that personal experience. Yeah, yeah the personal phone, experience. But, although in your area, I mean, it's a smaller area. It's no, 
metropo- metropolitan area. <laughs> you already know most of the businesses anyway, but yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> anyways, I, I, I wonder um, about when it's you know checking to ensure you visited the place. What does it do if you haven't? I would say it would devalue your review. But then how would it really know? Like for, and it comes back to me. Like you said, I'm one of the few guys without a cell phone. So if I want to review a place and I review places every now and then I got to come home, do it on my desktop. There's no digital, unless they're tracking my uh, Garmin or my Fitbit or something. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's happening yet. Yeah, Google Earth is looking at me from space. Oh, there he is. Like, you never know, I guess. But That's a good question, though, for listeners, because what happens if you don't have a phone and, and such? Well, I think in that case, unless you're signed in on Lindsay's phone, I mean, they're going to go, well, you don't have a phone. We're, we're obviously going to treat your reviews as as legitimate. Yeah, they don't exactly. have that metric to quali- qualify them by. But if they do have that metric, because it is, a, a, you have to be signed in on the phone that is tracking and it's based on your account, then they can use this information. It might add some interest, interesting things. And, and that sort of leads us a nice segue into the next part here. Um, there's another patent tracking. This was, it took me a while to really grasp the depth of this. And I don't even sure I've got it, uh, on the surface. It makes perfect sense, but, uh, let's get into here. Um, this patent is about tracking the quality of the place based on the time. And, and this is a quote from Google's patent time investment, a person may be willing to make to visit a specific location. Now, that's perfectly understandable. Um, if a person's willing to go past a bunch of competitors to get to a specific location um, because they like it so much, well, that should be an indicator. Um, and since Google can track this info, that that's great. But where it got kind of lost me is it, it went into, but um, that's the perceived distance. But then the uh, experiential, or what's the word they used? Um, uh, the actual time to get there. I guess they were specifying that, uh, I don't know, traffic? I don't know. It, it got a little confusing there. But let's just sum it up here with some of uh, Bill's uh, write-up here. Now, obviously, he gets to know this very well, Bill Slosky, when he's doing these reviews. He says, uh, quote-unquote, how far away would you travel for a slice of pizza or for a fish taco? Google seems to be using such a measure as a potential way to rank businesses against each other. We are told that a ranking of this t- travel time to reach a particular location might include a ranking that indicates how many competing locations may have been bypassed to reach that particular location. Um, so he doesn't seem to tackle that really confusing part that I mentioned, um, which uh, which he had in a way, but maybe I misread it and it's not as confusing as it sounds. <laughs> Did you read it, Scott? Did it seem that like that to you? It's all super confusing. And I guess when I was reading it, I'm also looking at how can they really apply it? You know, there are so many variables to this, as there is to anything search related. But I don't well, know. I don't know how it could really be a viable part of any algorithm in measuring quality. Well, I think it's pretty fascinating because for me, if I'm doing a search for, um, I don't even do a search for it, but let's say I, I go to, I'm, I'm listed uh, in my area, which is quite a ways from Saigon Night, one of my favorite Vietnamese places. And if I decide to go to Saigon night to pick up food all the way from where I am, I know I'm going past a ton of Vietnamese places. So that kind of metric, I mean, Google's a a beast of data. I mean, they could keep this information and ultimately use it. I don't think they're going to use it yet. This is a patent after all. It could be years from now when they're going to use it. They had to think ahead, right? But 
if they did, this sort of stuff, I mean, it's fascinating how much data, data they can get from this. It does say uh, something for sure. Now, because I feel like I haven't really established why I was confused, <laughs> let me try <laughs> and read part of the patent here and, and you know, let's just relay just what I was meaning here. Um, okay, this is quote unquote from the patent. Um, oh, let's go up to the, yeah. Uh, quality measures for locations are often based on one or more reviews related to the locations. For example, user reviews and or professional reviews may be utilized to determine a quality measure for a given location. The quality measures may be associated with the given location in a database and may be utilized by one or more applications and or provided to a user. For example, a user search for restaurants in a particular area may return search results for restaurants that are ranked based on the quality measure and or that are displayed in combination with an indication of the quality measure. <laughs> Indications of the quality measure may include a numerical rating and number of stars. Okay, actually, I think I read the wrong one. That was probably about the, the quality of the, the rating. Sorry, guys. Um, let, yeah, I just filled your head with really fun stuff, I know. So let me uh, jump to the one that I'm <laughs> fairly sure is. Yeah, I got to add some comedy even if i don't mean to um, yeah, it's all good i, I don't know yeah. what we're doing <laughs> yeah uh, uh d- 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 okay here in some implementations the quality measure of a given location may be determined based on the time investment a user is willing to make to visit the given location all right that's easy i get that yeah this is where you lose me for example the time investment for a given location may be based on a comparison of one or more actual distance values to reach the given location to one or more anticipated distant values to reach the given given location, the actual distance values are indicative indicative of actual time of one or more users. If you've got a passion for pumpkin, you've got to get to Dunkin' and pick these up. Our new pumpkin cream cold brew, smooth bold cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam, and our delicious pumpkin spice signature latte, rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar, and our perfectly pumpkin donuts, munchkin treats, pumpkin muffins, and more. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Pick your pumpkin at Dunkin', like our new pumpkin cream cold brew, pumpkin spice signature your latte and our perfectly pumpkin treats america runs on duncan price and participation may vary limited time offer exclusions apply hear that that's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto every day thousands of hackers online are doing the same that's why arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets using our key card and wallet app to form a protective barrier Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at getarculus.com. Just to reach the given location, and it, and it goes on and on and on. Like, what? <laughs> that's where you lose me, and that's where I'm glad we got guys like Bill. <laughs> and that's um, why I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. In, in yeah. patent law or something, like... You you really have to take that paragraph and and dissect it and break it down and sometimes you just have to look up the meaning of the word you assume you know but the way they used it doesn't make any sense and, and it's just the nature of the beast there. Um, anywho, um, <clears throat> one thing that uh, Bill said I I I really liked it was in reply to the comments and the comments in this article are fantastic. Again, go to SEO by the C SEO by the C dot com and check this out because comments are really well done. Uh, Bill said something I really like. He says, if Google can accurately track people's locations, it looks like it can tell a lot about the influence of search results upon them. Uh, that part, whoa. I don't oh, know so why, you, but maybe wow. <laughs> so you do, you do a search, you get the result, and then Google sees that you physically drive to that location. It knows that the search it served you 
is highly relevant to the search phrase. Yeah, among many other things, I would imagine. Like it also begs 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 you to wonder if pay per click is this is everything's about pay per click for them, right? The, <laughs> in my opinion, these days. So are they trying to think of a ways for the pay per click to influence it and see whether or not that will? I mean, these are all. It's hard to comprehend. Yeah, it's hard to comprehend the use of that level of data and how you can use it to your advantage, if at all. Like, how, how do you game that if they're looking at people searching and then physically traveling to your location? You well, thankfully, I think it's going to be pretty hard. Um, let's get a team of Uber drivers to search for you and then drive to you. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I actually saw people asking similar questions, uh, not so overt, but similar ones, and they were saying, "Well." Um, do we offer directions on our site that might help? Um, do we, uh, you know, what we do? What do we do? And and the the genuine genuine answer was, well, just offer fantastic service, <laughs> make them want to go there over the other guys is pretty straightforward. Um, I would stick with the cleaner action like that. You know, just be the best you possibly can be. Make define differentiators based on your business versus others, and um, nail them. Make people want to drive all the way to your place. I don't know. It's rocket science, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So uh, now to some more lighter stuff. Um, I thought this was a bit, bit mind-numbing uh, that Google did this. Google is now showing animated GIFs in search results via Google Plus posts. Just when you think Google Plus is starting to wind down, they add something bizarre like that as an update. What the hell? <laughs> I have not seen that. Um. And there's plenty of proof from the SEM post. I had to see it myself to believe it. Uh, I really, I was a, a Google Plus fan from the beginning, or not beginning, maybe a little bit after it, but, and I have been for a long time. Um, I still think it has a place, especially for the photography world and certain other real niche areas. But I just don't get this. Like, anyway, they are seemingly rewarding people. From using it still, um, Mike Blumenthal still claims he's gotten some great results by mining Google Plus, by publishing brand new content on there, and uh, and getting the, the the likes and stuff on it, uh, the plus ones. So <laughs> I guess it's not as d- dead as we th- we we would like to think, because frankly I've moved on. But uh, anyways, animated gifts that's going to be pretty powerful if you can get that in in, in search results. You will dr- yeah. uh, you will attract a lot of eyeballs for sure. Yeah. Uh, and if it's, yeah, God knows what's going to show up there. But anyways, <laughs> especially since Google isn't so good at tracking that stuff and what's actually in a, graf- a graphic. Um, hmm. Anywho, we'll have to see how fast some of those are reported and how long this lasts. Because I believe the last time Google did uh, offer animated GIFs, it didn't last very long. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, there is no date yet for the mobile first indexed, uh, but Gary Eish uh, did say that... Uh, they are working hard on it, and it'll be another few months. Again, no actual date. Um, the only reason this is newsworthy is because many of us are waiting to see what's happening there. Um, mobile first is is it's going to have an impact. I don't. It's anyone's guess just how much because um, I really believe they're going to roll it out slowly and uh, try and blend it. Uh, they they even stated, I believe they. Or unless it's my imagination, I believe they stated that they're they're going to be very cautious about this update. So uh, let's hope because uh, we need some time to adapt if there's anything substantial. Some kind of a slow rollout would really, I think, be in their best interest too, just for 
public sanity. I don't know. Like, there's nothing worse than a, a catastrophic update where you know some businesses flourish and others completely flop as a result. If you roll it out slowly, it gives everybody time to adapt. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think another good point of of noting that the, that it's on the way is to again remind people that mobile's a critical component to their website. So anyone listening, if you haven't done a PageSpeed Insights um, uh, test on your website, Google PageSpeed Insights, or done a, a mobile, is it called Mobile Insights? Anyway, uh, mobile friendly. Mo- test, mobile friendly, yeah. yeah, test on your site, do it. Uh, find out what uh, what Google thinks of your site and and make the, the necessary changes. Um, not a lot of people know what they're doing, they're doing there, so make sure that your developer um, has some pretty uh, intelligent replies. Uh, maybe even uh, make sure that uh, they can provide an example of other sites they have converted to be mobile friendly and then run them through those same tests to ensure they really know what they're talking about. Um, it is complicated enough that you can feel a bit uh, out of your depth. And heck, even I do at times. This stuff is its pretty heavily code-based and uh, uh, you do need someone who knows what they're doing. If you need any help, let me know. Um, uh, we do have a great coder that does it, uh, although I think he'd kill me for saying that because it's probably the hardest work he's done. <laughs> it's not easy doing that <laughs> transition. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, there is some Mueller Files to talk about. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted today by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Fanak. Okay, dokie. Since Johnny's not here, I get to use my voice. 
The Mueller Files. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Um, okay. So back to mobile first. Uh, John Mueller mentioned in one of his Hangouts that uh, Google is not expecting full navigation in mobile first pages. Now, the reason this came up is, well, people were wondering about content, um, how much of the content needs to be the same. So I will quote uh, John here, and pardon me, usually his, uh, he's got good, fairly decent English, but doesn't translate well sometimes, um, and a little bit different. Anyway, he says, so the primary content is what we expected to be equipped, what we expect to be equivalent across the mobile and desktop version, and the rest the navigation is something that we expect to be kind of usable. It doesn't have to be the same. Usually it's very different layout, very different design elements because users interact with the page very differently on a smartphone compared to a laptop or a desktop computer, unquote. He makes it really clear after this that uh, he expects the primary content to be the same across both mobile and AMP if you're using that. Um, it's just the navigation you have some latitude with, so don't change too much. Um, I know in, in one instance, uh, we're working on a, a website for a client. We are going to be building in um, accordion-style menus, or not menus, accordion-style uh, read-more areas so that, yes, the content's on the page, but it won't show up unless a person, like, they'll just have an intro, and then they click read more, and it'll appear within the page on their mobile just to keep things tighter and, and, and uh, uh not requiring too much in the way of uh, scrolling. We're going to see how that works. I mean, we're testing and testing and testing. But uh, that is one way to go, I think, because um, the content is there. Uh, there's no question about it. It just it doesn't appear right away uh, unless a person clicks on it. And I believe that is uh, fully within guidelines. And uh, if anyone knows differently or has experienced this, please let me know. I would very much value that info. From what I've uh, seen with uh, mobile first, it looks like accordions, tapped content, all that kind of stuff is actually um, uh, welcomed even, not even just approved. So yeah, it, it I would looks think like so, it's right? a good idea. It, it makes yeah. logical sense. You know, everybody knows it. I don't know. It just, why would you penalize for that? It's so common <laughs> sense now. Uh, if I could only count the times that common sense seemed to be f just thrown out <laughs> with Google. But <laughs> anyways, um, all the their time. interests, you know. Um, the next bit here from good old John is uh, about uh, URL fragments. Now, this is a little more technical, uh, not that we have done only 101 today, but this one in particular. So if you ever see uh, a hashtag um, within a URL, um, back in the day when if anyone's done HTML, if you used a hashtag, it was called an anchor in most cases, and it would send you to another part of the page. Let's say you had a frequently asked questions page, a person would see the questions at the top just in terms of just a list of the questions or maybe even a drop-down where they could select the question. They'd click it. Then they'd be brought to that portion of the same page. They're not loading a new page. It's just it's like an anchor. They just drop to that area. Well, that's okay. I want to make that clear. But Google has said stop using URL fragments to deliver different content. And that makes good sense. Um, so if you use a hashtag to delineate different content on that page, so different page uh, content is loading, that is not going to work well with Google. This is nothing necessarily new. Uh, we are deciding to add it to our audits because it was a good reminder, but the fact of the matter is if you've got any kind of, what's the word for a variable using a hashtag, 
uh, it's not going to come across well. It's, he suggests using the, the standard, I would say, the industry standard, which would be a question mark or uh, a, a slash, something to consider. And, uh, you know, if you do see that uh, uh, variables are being passed using a hashtag and it is changing the content in your page, this is something you need to bring up with your programmer or developer uh, ASAP. And uh, if, as this happens a lot, the site uh, or the, the service provider doesn't, uh, has a very restrictive system and won't make the changes, it is time to consider changing because that is, well, that's, that's a no-brainer. You're going to have issues with that. Okay. Uh, one last, oh no, yeah, last bit here before questions. Um, I really don't see what's changed here, but apparently it's news um, and maybe I haven't covered it before. So I want to make sure I do cover it. Google's My Business Guidelines have been updated for service area and virtual offices. Um, this immediately got my attention, of course. I'm like, what, oh, what, what's up, what's up, what's up? Because a lot of my clients have multiple locations. Well, all they're saying here is that if you have um, uh, another physical office outside of your main one, um, it had better be manned every day that you're you're supposedly open, right? So there has to be staff to greet a customer. It can't be a virtual office. Um, and if, let's say, you're a pizza joint that has a restaurant and a service area, you can do both. You can have you can say this is my location so that you'll be able to be found for people nearby. And I service this particular area. There are ways to do both um, versus just a service area and a location. Um, in any case, uh, I had I thought you know I've, I've run across this before, so I, I kind of knew this, but I guess it hadn't been written online in a specific help file. So it is there now for everyone to see, and I think uh, it is very good advice for anyone. We have a lot of hard we have a hard time with some. Um, uh, new businesses when we bring them on because they are a bit flabbergasted by this. They can't believe that if you have a, a, a virtual location that they have to have people there. Um, yeah, you do. Even if you're there once a week and you're only there for a portion of the day, that doesn't count. You have to be there the whole day. Um, if you want to be, you know, in the complete white area, that's kind of gray, but just the same. <laughs> oh, yes, the gray. Okay, so questions. We have a great question here from Fred Sachs on our Google Plus community forum. He says, on your show and many other shows, there's a lot of talk about the importance of adding accelerated mobile pages or AMP to websites. I'm wondering if adding accelerated mobile pages is going to improve the search engine optimization on my site. My site is not an online news website. If I add AMP to my site, will Google recognize my site as having higher value than that of my competitors? I've heard that as of now, Google's not giving higher value to websites that have made the AMP change. So first I'll address that. There is another portion of the question here I've got another answer for, but um, I have actually heard that AMP has had an impact. Uh, however, um, the unless your site is news-based, I haven't seen a reason to go that route. It's not a simple change. Uh, someone had mentioned about creating their entire website in AMP. In fact, it was one of our clients. And I, I, I actually reached out because, you know, I'm not... You know, I don't know everything about AMP. That's for damn sure. And I wanted to be sure I knew. I asked my uh, some of my peers, and they all agreed that um, that was a bit of, a bit of a reach. You know, don't switch your entire site to AMP. It's just too new. There's way too many things that are changing. And frankly, even if you did get a bit of a boost right now, who knows how long that'll last and whether or not it's worth all the effort. So, Brad, I, I wouldn't make that change. If you have specific content you think would benefit from AMP, um, 
perhaps some timely content. You could experiment with it. By all means, I would go with, go with that and try it. It uh, might be kind of fun if you had the time. Um, uh, but we're in that realm where it's more of a test. Um, I, I wouldn't leap on it if I didn't need to. Uh, have you heard anyone lately mentioning app, Scott? I know most of our clients don't even think about this stuff. But Yeah, I don't really see a lot. Of, it pops up here and there, but I haven't seen any reports or research where there's any conclusive evidence that it's been highly beneficial. You know, you, you get the odd person here, they're talking about it, but it's been pretty low on the radar. Yeah. Well, I have heard from someone I really respected, uh, a respect that, that they definitely have seen an impact, but, um, there are lower hanging fruit. Uh, I'm sure of it. You, know, you say it better be perfection before you take that leap uh, and, and try to get that extra edge because I think there's other things you could be working on. You know, create some of those ultimate posts that people like to share. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. We've actually had shows talking about uh, how to uh, build authority, so I would go back and listen to one of those if you need to uh, get some fresh ideas. Anyway, the second half of Fred's question, is: says, additionally, I'm confused as to how AMP is being implemented. Once AMP is added, do users on smartphones automatically get led to the AMP version? I heard that mobile device users will still have to switch back between responsive design and AMP. Please clarify. And that last bit, I don't quite understand the question, but um, the first part uh, is, uh, yes, you do need to add a particular code to your page so that Google um, will understand, first of all, that, that, that this markup, this HTML or AMP is available. And so will browsers on the on mobile. So um, uh, it's very simple. I will actually provide a link within our forum for it, um, within the Google Plus community forum. Uh, it I found it at stackoverflow.com. Uh, if you want to type in the, the search, I did, um, quote unquote, how does the server know when to serve an AMP page? How does the server know when to serve an AMP page? Anyway, um, on there it shows the... Uh, Heading tags, which are very simple, link rel equals AMP HTML, and then it shows the URL. Then on the AMP markup, you have to specify the rel canonical, which is pointing to the original document, which is standard for desktop. Uh, that way you don't have duplication and a clear understanding of the relationship. Um, so that part is very simple. Uh, if that was all it was, AMP would be easy. But that's that's just the way to tell Google uh, and browsers where to go. So, uh, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Anything you'd like to add there, Scotty? I don't know. I, I wish I had more to add on AMP, but uh, yeah. I, I'm far from an AMP expert at this point. Yeah, well, I haven't really dropped it on you. I, I don't think it's the time. Uh, we don't have any clients that are news-based, and, and uh, for all those out there who don't know, Scott's my senior SEO, so I'm always relying on him to know the latest and in SEO, but when it comes to AMP, uh, unless we have a client that really needs it, uh, I don't bother him with that extra knowledge. <laughs> He's got enough on his plate. But we will be uh, you know, diving in there soon because I know it's going to be important at some point, at least for blogs, for businesses that have uh, active blogs. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, uh, Scotty. I know that uh, it was last minute and uh, John just dropped it on us. He says, I can't make it. I just can't. So I said, I know who to call. Actually, he I, said. I'm always here. You know that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my stand-in co-host, Scott Venak, thanks for joining us today. 
you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on cranberry.fm. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 